Welcome back to Noble Warrior. This is a place where entrepreneurs talk about what it takes to build purpose-driven organizations. We're going to talk about mindset. We're going to talk about mental models. We're going to talk about actionable tactics such that you can take everything you learn and build your own purpose-driven life and purpose-driven organizations. My name is CK Lin, Biomedical Engineering, UCLA, PhD, turned startup executive, that turned an executive coach that helps founders and entrepreneurs with their mindset and with their culture. Today, I'm really excited to have my next guest with us. He's an award-winning director and DP of films, music videos, social content, and commercial branded content. He has a, a very unique five-minute story challenge on YouTube. And one thing that really moved me about him is he asked me recently, what would you create if you knew your story couldn't fail? Please welcome Logan Stone. Thank you. Thanks so much for being here, my friend. Thank you for inviting me, man. Yeah. Honored to be a guest. So there's a lot of different things that I would love to ask you, but if you can tell us a little bit about the significance of the Hero's Journey framework, I think that would be a really good place to start. Sure, yeah. So the Hero's Journey is, the history of the Hero's Journey comes from this guy, Joseph Campbell, who is a mythologist. He studied all the different stories. He studied a lot of stories from throughout history, these different pockets of the world. And he found that these different stories at a, at a point in time when these pockets of civilization had no way to talk to each other, that they told the same story. It was like, maybe the heroes were different and the skin, the, the, the settings would, would change, but the general structure of how the hero would go through the journey, the pitfalls, the valleys, peaks and valleys, that it was the same, it was basically everybody, it, it's, it revealed that, that humans tell the same story and it's that we call that the hero's journey. So the significance of the hero's journey as it relates to an average listener, somebody who's listening to this right now is that consider that you're in the middle of your own hero's journey and that the hero's journey is also a fractal tool. So you can look at it in terms of the hero's journey of your whole life. You can think about your hero's journey of, the, of the, your week that you're having this week. And when you look, there's the old adage of like, seek and you shall find, right? If you look for the pattern, it's, it helps, you know, the hero is the hero because the hero slays the dragon at the end, right? So when you're listening for, same thing, seek and you shall find. If you listen for, let's say that you're in the middle of a low point in your life at the moment, right? You just got fired from your job or you're in the middle of some turmoil about what's going on in the middle of the, in this, in the world today. Right. Consider that you're in the low point of your story right now. And the low point is where the hero gets the tools really like they have the rebirth moment where they shed the old skin and they be reborn with the tools and the know-how and the certainty to slay the dragon and that they do slay that dragon at the end of the story. So it's, it's really helpful to be able to diagram and map out where you were a year ago in your hero's journey or yesterday in your hero's journey. And it's, it's helpful to orient yourself as it relates to where are you going next and what's what's on the road ahead and how do you prepare for that so yeah yeah i i love that so uh, a friend of mine you know coined a term recently he said that uh, we are personal development nerds i i listened and i was like hmm is that accurate so yes but regardless whatever the label is i think if if you're interested in really curating a life of what's possible, curating an exploration of what's possible. 
to me, Hero's Journey not only is a great tool uh, for any professional storytellers like you, but is a great tool for personal discovery, for personal development, right? Mm -hmm. So as you said so beautifully uh, earlier, how can we use Hero's Journey as a framework, as a lens to look at what's occurring in life, however big, however small, right? In the whole life or just a month, just a week or just a day. Every day we're going through this hero's journey. So I love the hero's journey as a frame. And I also love archetypes because for me, archetypes or frameworks like this is such a, a such an easy way to help us shift perspectives and help us look at things newly such that we can explore different blind spots. So like you, I, I love the hero's journey for yeah. that reason. Yeah, it makes me think, I think humans, <clears throat> humans, we're, we're always looking for other ways to know ourselves. And so it's, it's helpful to, I find that the hero's journey is just another way to know ourselves, right? Another way to know like what, 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 how has my past created who I am up to this moment? Right. And like, yeah, it, it's, I, I like what you said about self-development nerds because uh, if I relate to that. I can relate to that quite a bit. So, yeah. The reason why we're friends, right? There you go, yeah. So, so with that said, I also wanted to not so much caution, but I wanted to, to put a caveat on these tools. By no means these are deterministic tools. These are just tools to try on different perspective. Like, hmm, yeah. where am I at in my hero's journey as a possibility? right? As a different way to look at it. And then, then from that space, then you can say, okay, turn left and turn right. Or what should I listen for? Kind of a thing rather than deterministic, like, Hey, I'm at this point of my story. I should just look for this other thing. It's according to the hero's journey formula. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Since you're so well attuned to the hero's journey mechanics, when you look at let's say someone who hire you for the music video, your role is to help them pull out the story that they want to tell. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the processes or the mechanics that you have been able to say, Hey, let me work with this person to help them tell their story based on this framework. Can you share with us any examples? Yeah. So if we're creating, so in the music video analogy that you used, for me, it's helpful to start at the end, right? We start at the end, we start at the end, even if it's okay, well, if we're just strictly talking about music video, start at like, where do you, how do you want the audience to be on an emotional level after they finish watching it, right? There's a thing called peak end theory, which basically says that we human beings measure our experience. The, the, we say, we judge our experiences based on the, their peaks and how they end. And so the example that I could use would be like a roller coaster, right? If you've ever ridden a roller coaster, it's like, it takes the average time that you spend in the roller coaster experiences. You might spend two hours waiting in line for the roller coaster. And then the roller coaster itself is like 30 seconds long, but it is such an exhilarating end and peak that we say, that's amazing. Let's get back in line. Let's do it again. Right? So we build it around how do we want that climax and that end to leave our audience with and then reverse engineer it, right? What what has to happen for us to earn that satisfying end there at the end? If, you, if we're talking about it, not in a music video way, but 
just from a personal diagnostic, right? It's easy to look at how what has happened in the past, but again, like the wake doesn't steer the ship, right? So again, it's kind of like, it would be the same thing with goal setting. It's like standing in the future fulfilled. We've already slayed the dragon. What had it happened? What did we have to do in the past to have slayed that dragon in that way? And it's useful. Sometimes you might draw a blank. I already mentioned the low point, for example. The low point, it's, it's easy when you have these archetypal like milestones on the journey and you can slot in action steps or you can even reasonably expect like a little bit of a setback if you want and to in a way that's not going to like throw you off your game while you're in your business or in your because we're getting more and more meta and abstract which is fine but but i think it would be really helpful so let's actually unpack this for two perspectives okay one is on the personal side a self-diagnosis using this as a tool. Why don't we start there? And then I can ask you more on the curator side, right? As a guide, as a director to help them diagnose their own beats of their own story. So let's actually just separate that. Let's start with the yeah. self. Yeah. yeah. Why don't we actually do this? What mm-hmm. are some of the lowest points of your life, if you don't mind sharing? And then, sure. and then what is the wisdom that you have earned throughout? And use the hero's journey as a way to illustrate what you were referring to. I think that would be really, really helpful. Yeah. So I would say one of the hardest points in my life was my first year uh, of college. My first year of college, I, I went to a business school in Dallas, Texas. And I realized really quickly, it was a very big Greek school. And it was probably the point where I was like the most depressed in my life because I had given up on anything artistic and I was just going to do business. Right. So in that sense, that falls under, that would be the, that would be the low point. Right. And the low point of the story, just for anybody who's listening can relate to it. The low point is like the dark night of the soul, right? It's all hope is lost. It's, this is the part, if you're writing a story or you're writing yourself as the hero in this story, this is the part where like you're broken, right? Like it's, this should be the hardest, the point of most suffering. And so what happens as a result of that low point is that the hero, the, it forces the hero to get really, to take a really critical look at what, what has put them in this situation, right? How have they been being up to this point that has them in all this suffering to begin with? And then it begins what's called the apostasis. And the apostasis is when the hero dies a physical death to be reborn in spirit, right? So if I'm relating it to my story, I went through this this Greek hazing and all this stuff. And like, I just realized like this was going to be the rest of my life was giving up on anything creative. That was really the thing that, that did it the most for me. And so I had to take the critical lens, like to look at myself to say, what had me in this position to begin with? And then I actually ended up transferring school, right? And so I, I killed off a physical version of Logan Stone as this frat boy, college kid partier right killed off that version of logan stone i was really good at playing that version but that version had to die in order for me to take a step and go move i literally moved across the country to illinois chicago illinois and started taking film school classes downtown chicago and so i was reborn in spirit i had this new invigoration i had a complete change of scenery i had but but you can connect to it i completely shed that old skin the old logan completely done so does that kind of is that kind of point to what you're yeah for sure for sure and and what would you say is the wisdom that you earn from going through that apoptosis process that you've gone through yeah i would say the wisdom i earned was really 
so I remember watching a speech by uh, by Jim Carrey. Mm. And Jim Carrey says, he, he talks about watching his dad. His dad was the funniest person he knew. And he said that he gave up on his dreams of being a comedian to sell insurance to provide for his family. And he eventually got fired. His dad got fired from that job. And the takeaway, I think this was a commencement speech that Jim Carrey was giving. The takeaway of the commencement speech was, you can get fired for doing stuff that you hate. You might as well do something that you love. Mm. And so it was, it, I really, I literally watched that video. I remember watching that video in my dorm room to this day. And that was the moment where I was like, okay, well, that's a good point. I, I'm not enrolled in what I'm up to right now. So something's got to give. And that identity as frat boy Logan was killed in that moment. Mm -hmm. And I asked that question because when that mindset gets shifted, the action to transfer became a lot easier, right? Oh God, yeah. Uh, before that mindset shift, transfer, transfer, the thought of letting the old Logan die and then, uh, and then creating a new life by transferring, it's a Herculean task, yes? Yeah, yeah. To me, that's the power of stories because it shifts your internal narratives of who you are. If you, one of the things that we talk a lot about on this podcast is the nature of consciousness. If you think about it, there's like four different layers of consciousness per se. One is perception is what I think you think of me, mm -hmm. right? Another one is identity what or persona or personalities, what I want you to think of me. Another one would be ego, ego, right? What I think of me. And then you have the pure consciousness, pure awareness. I'm the, I'm the awareness that's watching, that's experiencing this entire uh, objective reality through the lenses of my consciousness, mm. right? So a, a beautiful narrative, a transformative experience to me is able to shift more and more uh, of the perception, personality layers and get access to that pure consciousness level. That's for mm -hmm. me is the power of a really great story. Yes. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say in that is like, it's in the low point is when we make contact with that pure consciousness state, right? And we shed the physical, we shed the ego, we die. Like I, in my story, right? that physical, that egoic Logan had to die off, right? And it was only when I had that, uh, I would call it a, the communion with the soul, where I reconnected to what I was actually really excited about doing for the rest of my life. So uh, yeah, a, a good story and a good hero's journey will have those moments where it's a good story has, has it's a radical shift, right? We want to see the hero change. A hero that doesn't change or shift between those different, those different states, it's just not satisfying. Right. So with that said, I also want to underline the activation energy to take the action that you want to take before this internal shift, it was insurmountable to transfer to another college because you had this identity of yeah. the fraternity, the frat boy, as you said, right now, when you were able to let that go, you're able to then just very quickly shift your energy to actually yeah. make the transfer. And, yeah. I, and I'm, I'm underlining this point because 
a lot of times we hear sage advice like just be happy, just do things that makes you happy or you know, follow your passion and these type of almost cliche um, lessons. It's so easy to say, but in the moment of indecision, in the moment in that crossroad, to let your old identities die or let them go, it's a very difficult internal thing that you had to do. So I love stories for that reason too. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's, you'll know, like, you haven't gone through the apostasis if you haven't made a terrifying decision. So that's kind of a helpful barometer there to know if you're applying this to your own personal life, it's got to be scary. So, so let me ask you this question. So as, as someone who is a masterful, who is very masterful at these mechanics of storytelling, right? You gotta, look at the beats of a story, people's journey really well in the subjective experience of being you living a human life. Is it easier? It's kind of a leading question, but I'm just curious. Is to know. It easier? Yeah. I mean, I'd say I mean, it is a little bit leading, but I mean, I think like you're pointing to something that I'll say the reason why I find that it's the reason why I find that life is, is easy is because Man, I didn't even realize that I have the belief that my that, that life is easy. But really it comes from like the hero, the hero. Man. I appreciate your question because I'm in a state right now where like I'm kind of struck by epiphany. So I'm like kind of processing this live right now. But yeah, I think it's really a matter of It's like it's your decision away. I'd like to think that deep down, everybody kind of knows the steps to take. Like you kind of know it in here. And my experience up to this point is times in my life where I'm most dissatisfied with myself or my life are moments when I'm blocking that, when I'm blocking the, the intuitive knowledge of where to go next, right? And really what it is, is it's holding on. It's holding on to like an identity or holding on to this egoic, like, you know, what does CK think about me? What do I think about what CK thinks about me? And it's like, it's, it's in the process of letting go of that. And it's when the dust settles and left to our own devices, it's kind of like, yeah, like that's the North star as far as what you're, what you're meant to be doing in the world. So it's like, I guess your question was, why do I think that it's easier to live life? or something to that point, right? I'll let you, I'll allow you to restate it here if that's, if I'm off track of what you're going, what you're asking. Yeah, so for me is, in my mind, it's, it's a function of awareness. Having more awareness using the hero's journey, these type of frameworks, is it an easier life? That's basically when it, the, the, the core of my question is. Yeah, hearing the question newly, I don't know that it's easier. I actually don't know that it's easier because it's, it's still difficult. It's difficult. The difficult part is in the letting go of the old identity. It's the apostasis, right? It's in, if anything, it's almost like, actually it might be more difficult because I know that the low points coming up around the corner and I know what it's going to require of me. So it's like, yeah, it might be more difficult, but the, the payoff is more assured. Right? Yeah. So if I can weather the storm and get through it and do the hard looking at myself, 
then yeah, victory is, is a matter of time. Yeah. I was actually talking to a client yesterday and he asked me, why does it need to be so hard? And, and I, I thought about it and then I realized that it's the ego, it's the mind that's making it hard. Yeah. If you just let it go, it actually is very simple. So yeah. in other words, how, if I ask you to go get a glass of water from your kitchen, it's like, okay, sure. Of course, no problem. But if I started making a big deal of, of saying like, could you please and go get a glass of water? And you're yeah, like, right. weird, right? Why are you making it so weird? Yeah. So it's kind of like that, that internal activation energy. It's, it's as difficult as we make it to be. But obviously it's, it's, it's one of those things that's simple to say, but when you do it, it, you still inevitably go through that internal hero's journey, the struggles, the grappling, all of that to achieve whatever you needed to achieve. So, but without going more meta meta, I'm curious yeah. to know, now let's move on from on the personal discovery phase to say, you're now helping someone else to tell their stories in their heroes journey. I don't know if you can share some of your, probably not a good idea to share their names, but uh, you, you work with some really high level individuals of the world. So let's just yeah. put it that way. So how are you able to help them identify the beats of their story to really help them tell their story, tell their truth the best? Yeah. They can? yeah so really it's because the beats of the hero's journey can span an entire lifetime, it's important to first, let's just like put a boundary box on, are we talking about this phase of your, your enterprise, if they're a music artist, or if it's a business or something like that, like where, like where, where do we want to narrow the boundaries first? And then I find that it's just helpful to go through the hero's journey and allow them to slot in everything that's happened up to this moment, right? It's, it, I find that it's it's really easy to intuit where you're at in it. I wonder if it would be helpful to just go through the steps really quick. In sure, just yeah. Laser yeah sure. sure, let's do that. Yeah, so the, the hero's journey always starts with just like the familiar world, right? It's just, it's the status quo. It's, it's just the way things are, right? And then this inciting incident happens. And it's, it usually comes in the form of, it basically, it leads into this call to adventure. Something happens that adds some greater uh, awareness to the hero, right? Maybe it's they see an opportunity and a market is opening up, right? So at the same time, with that comes a call to adventure that what actually I've got a connection with so-and-so I could enter this market, right? Now, almost immediately after the call to adventure, there's the refusal of the call and there's the, there's a hesitation there. The hesitation could take one minute, it could be years that this hesitation goes on, right? Where they just don't want to fully step into what they want to step into. Then after that, there's the meeting with the mentor and the meeting with the mentor, it's this kind of supernatural aid, right? It's just a little nudge or a little, they gain some kind of other information or it truly can be supernatural in the form of, if we're relating it to everyday stuff, maybe they keep seeing a certain billboard or a message keeps popping up. And it's, it's just in the front of their mind where they're, Maybe they get, they get a, a surprise check or someone from their past reaches out with a new opportunity or something like that. And it's just like, it's the synchronistic kind of things that just push the hero just a little bit farther into really looking into it, right? After the supernatural aid, there's the crossing the threshold and crossing the threshold literally looks like, it's like, it's the point of no return, right? After you start the hero, it could be making the investment 
right? It could be getting buying the equipment. It could be buying the, the office space. It could be making the huge hire, the, whatever the investment is. Once you sign on the dotted line, you, you can't unsign. You can't, you can't get your investment back. You're going. So then at that point, right, after that then becomes the road of trials. And the road of trials is really like where the hero learns what they learn, like who are their allies in the space, who are their enemies in the space, competition, if it's in business, right? Who are my competitors? Ideally, they've done their research before that. They know the competition before they put the deposit down, right? But this is really where they have like the face-to-face -face interaction with they, they're they're acquainted in one way or another with like the the rules and the laws of this new world that they've entered into. Then at that point, there becomes the midpoint, right? And the midpoint is the false victory. So they get something, you get something along the road, but maybe it's not it's not as satisfying. It's like it's the point where the the story can completely turn on a dime, and they realize I actually got into the market for this reason, or I actually want to be an artist to do this. And after doing enough and, and struggling up through the road of trials enough. It actually, I actually need to pivot. And I'm seeing that this is actually the opportunity this way. So that's like the pivot point, right? Now at this point, now this is when we enter the low point. And the low point is they've made the pivot. They've they've had that false victory a little bit, the unsatisfying win. And uh, the low point is really the point where it's the most struggle. It's the most doubt, right? It's the, why did I do this in the first place? I made a huge mistake. I'm out all this time. I'm out all this money. What have I done, right? And it's the point of, it's like, it's all hope is lost, right? I might as well give up, right? And so this is the make or break point. This is the make or break point in the hero's journey. I, it's the, it's, it basically, it prompts the apostasis where the hero or the company sheds their old skin. They have the opportunity to shed their old identity. They die a physical death, right? They die, they, maybe they were attached to a way of doing things or they were attached to a certain brand of music that they wanted to make that it made totally made sense on paper, but just they they let go of that old way, that old commitment or the way they thought that it had to be done. And then they move forward, reborn in spirit. And almost every single time it has to do with like just allowing yourself. It's like you didn't even realize that there was this much easier method over this way. Right. It's like almost 100 percent of the time the hero or the company or the artist realizes that it's actually this was kind of staring me in the face all along. And it's there's a reason why it's a cliche in storytelling, right? It's the reason why every rom-com, it's kind of like, oh, well, your, you, your heart got broken by the person you wanted to go for, but there was this, your true love was right in front of you the whole time, right? It's, it's like it's a cliche for a reason, but again, it's a human story. We can all relate to that story. So after they have that awareness, then that becomes, now it's the, they, they have the rebirth, but it, become, it goes into the climax now. And they realize that after they've been reborn, they have every tool, they have every method that they need to slay that dragon and, and land the ship, basically. And it's, it's, the, it's the point of the highest stakes, the climax, the ultimate boon. They win. It's the, it's the massive success. But again, you can't have the massive success without going through the low point. The... After outlining all those steps of the hero's journey, the, mm. the, whoever I'm speaking to can reasonably slot themselves in, okay, I, I haven't really been at that maker. I haven't given up what there is to give up yet. Or speaking to the fractal aspect of it, they might have said, well, I gave something up a year ago, but there's still more. Again, it's it's there's a hero's journey stacked on hero's journey. It's a cycle. So... So, so I guess what, what, I'm, what I'm asking here, because mechanically someone can look at the template and say, all right, boom, 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 boom. Let's force, 
force square peg into a round hole. Let's yeah. make it this way, right? They, they could do that. But let's say someone who is at a high level competitor, let's, let's call a UFC fighter, right? And I think you know what I'm talking about. So, so for them, they have an image. They have to maintain that ego of supreme confidence. But at the same time, they also need to reveal their low points, their self-doubt, their internal world to you such that, such that you can show that the dramatic roller coaster ride within. How do you get them to share their truth? Like versus just put on some sugar coating thing that they think the world want to see. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, it's really in, it's like, do you want the, do you want the, 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 do you want the win? Right. If you're unable to share that, that vulnerable low point or the truth about the pain of the, of maybe the part that someone would be more unwilling to reveal, you're not going to have the apostasis. You have to have the awareness and, and be able to, it's like if they're unwilling to, to get rid of that, then they haven't truly let go of that, the egoic identity that's, that's keeping them from slaying the dragon. So part of the work is in just reminding them of that and guiding them to. Right. So how do you deal with that egoic resistance is one of, how do you enroll them into this vision of like, hey, yeah. on the other side, it's actually not only good for you commercially, but it's really good for you personally. You know yeah. I mean. Yeah. How do you share that? How do you enroll them into that? I point to other examples and I lead first. I go there first. Now it's, it's, it's easy to like, I look at like Robert Downey Jr. is an example that I like to use a lot, right? Mm -hmm. Robert Downey Jr. at a certain point was, was an addict and alcoholic and everything. And for all intents and purposes, his life was in the gutter, but we know Robert Downey Jr. today as being Iron Man, right? This made a hundred million dollars on one movie type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's in, I'll, I'll play videos of him just being very candid about here's where I was. And it, when watching him own it, it's, it's easy to, when you create that space, that's where the juice is. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's easy to, it's easy to lead someone there when you see how actually, how safe and how necessary it is to go to that place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. When I, when I see, I don't, let's see, I think it was Shakespeare that said the world is a stage and everyone's an actor. Right. So if I kind of look at it through that lens yeah. and there are certain actors that, that I'm aware of, and I may not like their political leanings or how they act or behave, but there's a deeper level of admiration to how free they are just to be there full egoic self or full spiritual self and just like they're able to just really own all of it and that to me is very inspiring yeah yeah i like that the reminder what i'm hearing in that is it's it's the reminder that like they're just playing a role up to this point and that their block is their attachment to the role that they're playing their current role yeah so one thing that let's actually broaden it to the perhaps the organizational level, right? Yeah. One of the things that I also help people with is to help organizations reinvent themselves first by identifying what their core purpose and missions are. And few tools that I use are stories. So I'll share them with you and see what you think of them. Mm -hmm. So one is I ask them to think about their favorite movies and 
and recount their favorite movies and and then based on that what about these movies are the the core common denominators hmm. and th then that potentially is uh because you emotionally resonate with those core values that's therefore are your core values as an individual and then yeah. collectively as a leadership role and what are some of the core values that you wanted to to uh, that are the common denominators amongst the leadership team and that you can then use as the core value of the organization what do you think about that approach yeah it's what i'm hearing there is it's in the archetype right when someone relates to a particular story or a particular hero or film or whatever really the commonalities that they're picking there draws upon a certain archetype right the, the different hero archetypes might, well they're not hero archetypes but just character archetypes or organizational archetypes it might be nike plays the role of the hero right and uh, or Godiva chocolates plays the role of the lover, right? So depending on the organization there, they fit into the different archetype. But the reason why that's significant is because each archetype has its own story, their own challenges to overcome, their own strengths and weaknesses there, right? So like you, it's easy to theme, like you, the hero's journey and the pitfalls and the peaks and valleys and everything are going, that's going to be consistent. But it's like, the flavoring of that hero's journey is where the archetype plays into it. Say so the last sentence again, the flavoring of the journey is what the archetype plays in. What do you mean by that? Yeah, like like the hero's journey itself, the actual structure and the ordering of the moments is going to be consistent. Mm -hmm. But the archetype, for example, let's use the ruler as an example, mm -hmm. right? So the ruler just wants to create order. That's like their motto is like just mm -hmm. order and order from chaos right so there's like there's the enlightened version which we would get a good ruler archetype would be like ibm or like apple right mm -hmm. um, actually apple wouldn't fit in that in that category but the 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 shadow version of that archetype is like the tyrant mm -hmm. right you can have a benevolent ruler or you can have a tyrant ruler mm -hmm. so the story right let's if we're bringing it back to the low point now that we're related to the low point the apostasis moment is that they ha what they have to do is give away. And if I'm if I'm creating a story off the top of my head, I would imagine that a hero, a, a, an organization that's currently in the low point, they're going out of business or something. Potentially, there's something to look at around if they were if they were imposing too strict of a rule or something, mm -hmm. and, and so they they exhibited more of their shadow archetype either within the company or even their products that they use or their relationship to their customers could be resembling more of that shadow archetype. And so the, the room that they have, the opportunity that they have is to dissolve that old way of being and step into the, the, the higher version of that ruler archetype, mm -hmm. right? So they're still going through the low point. The hero's journey is still intact, but the work that they have to do is flavored differently based on how that archetype expresses itself. Overall structure is intact. The hero's journey, they're still going through the low point in order to reach the ultimate boon there at the end. But their story is going to be different. If they've identified themselves as being a ruler versus being an explorer, two different lessons to get from their individual low points. Yeah, I got it. So, so from your perspective, this is the path of the hero. 
the journey could look like an explorer, the journey could look like a benevolent king based on the archetype that they choose to integrate yes. for their own journey, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. The, the explorer and the ruler will both find the low point, but what they learn in their low points will be different. Totally, totally. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Another re very revealing question that I ask um, my clients is, who are your heroes? Because there are certain internal value that they hold that would have deemed these individuals as their heroes. If you look at all their heroes, two or three of them, very clearly you can start to see some common denominators for those people that they deem as heroes. You can call yeah. them mentors, you can call them people that you admire, whatever name you give it, but people that this founder look up to are very revealing of what they may not even personally be aware of. Because what I'll say is this, this, this type of questions are insightful because when you are a fish, right? You're swimming in ocean, you can't see water. Right. So when you're in the midst of your personal stories and personal values, you can't really know why I'm doing this. I'm doing it because I, I like it. So these type of questions actually takes you out of, you know, your own fishbowl. So you can actually see it from a different lens. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think again, it comes back to the archetype, right? Who their heroes are points more to who are the, like you're, if you idolize a certain executive or something, let's say that they're one of their heroes is Elon Musk, then you might, it, it reveals a lot about where they're, where they might fall as an archetype and that they really relate to the, the rebel, right? If it's an Elon example. Mm -hmm. Okay. So let's move on to asking the question. I think I made a comment at some point in passing and you made a point of underlining that. I said, I'm not that interesting of a character, right? Oh, yeah. He actually gave me a loving challenge. He said, I would advise you to relook at that, right? So say more about that. Cause I would assume, mm -hmm. and, and at that point, what I share with you is if you have any level of humility, <laughs> probably most people think that they're not that interesting to look at. So as a director trying to get the most out of someone mm -hmm. that you're doing documentary with, how do you, well, one, have them set aside that believe that they're not that interesting? Well, why don't we start there? Yeah. Yeah. It's in a documentary perspective, you really just want them to just be themselves. Right. Because the second that they try to do, they try to perform for the camera or do anything like that, it's just inauthentic. Like it's what it is, regardless of your job or your role or anything like that, it's it's the authentic humans like to watch humans being humans. Mm -hmm. Right. We love the human experience. So it's it it really it's more about just the, the amount that they can. Man, it's really it's interesting. It's it's getting out of your own way again. Like what a theme on this on this on this podcast so far, but it's really like the degree to which they can get out of their own way and just be themselves relates to more, it's more compelling content. I see. So it's not even interesting or not interesting. Just be you because by yeah. saying I'm not that interesting. Now you're diminishing your light. You're diminishing your authentic self by saying right. I'm more interesting than what I'm actually in. Now you're just artificially boosting in the performance or how you react to certain things. Is that accurate? Just I think so. 
in my personal, I mean, I'm, I've never been someone for reality TV. There is something to be said about like bright lights. Like we're still, we still have the, the, the monkey brain at the end of the day that says that someone being loud or someone the stimuli is going to attract more eyeballs. Right. But from a, from an interesting like story perspective, like truly everybody has a story and it's, in my opinion, it's about, it's like, it's the job of the filmmaker or the, whoever's framing what we're watching. Maybe not all of it. The hero, for example, somebody doing the authentic thing might just sit around and watch TV. Right. But it's, what are you framing it against? What are you juxtaposing that with? So it is in that sense, the, it's the storyteller's role, or if you're applying this to yourself, it's, it's in fact, it would be your job to, how am I framing my behavior in a way that it's the backdrop, right? Yeah. So, so I was actually on a call with Jim Altucher. He's a, a very popular author, investor, entrepreneur. Yeah. And he said that he just recently finished uh, filming a documentary about choosing yourself, right? One of the things that, one of the books that he wrote. And a lot of it is of shooting him doing his everyday stuff, right? And I asked him the question of when you shoot this video, who, who do you have in mind and, and so forth? He said, well, I'm just doing it. And he let it slip that I don't know how interesting it is for the audience. I hope it is. Right? So, so that's how he was thinking about. So as a filmmaker, do you then just basically have that faith and trust that whatever uh, footage you gather about the subject at the end you can actually make it interesting yeah or you're trying to make it interesting in the creative process does that make sense yes yeah i think it's i think it's obviously you want to make it interesting while you're capturing the footage what i'm hearing you say in your question is or do you want to make it interesting while you're filming or do you want to make it interesting while you're editing yes so it's like the more you're in your head about it's kind of like it's a self-fulfilling prophecy a little bit to believe that it's not interesting it's the same thing as your glass of water example you used a minute ago mm. right where if your belief that is that it's going to be weird for you to ask for water of the, from your host it's going to come across from that the host that like this is a weird request right right so you're you're creating that it's not interesting by believing that you're not interesting mm, mm, mm. you know so if you can just let go, let go of that old belief, the, let that die off, have your own apostasis moment. Mm. And you just document and you just be authentic. What's going to happen, especially like no one becomes a star overnight, mm. right? So the more that you release content from that authentic place, right? Or if you're a business, right? The more communication you can put out from an authentic place, the more that, that the audience is going to be able to build a relationship with you, an authentic relationship, so that they say, I know exactly who CK Lin is. I'm tuning in for CK, right? Because I know him, because I've, I've seen, like I, I get his authenticity from the videos or the podcasts or, or whatever. I, I get who he is. He's not putting on any airs for me. Yeah. So let me ask you this question, since you've interacted with a lot of different celebrities or very accomplished people, let's just say musicians or fighters, right? Yeah. Let's talk about the concept X factor, mm. right? Yeah. X factor, I would define it as something that's intangible, that's in the ethers, 
that's a manifestation, an expression of that super consciousness that we talked about, right? Mm -hmm. It's as if they're able to channel something that's beyond the cerebral, the body, the mind, the, 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 you know, actually touch that divine expression. And that's what I would call like a X factor. How would you define yeah. X factor? I, I like that analogy. What I'm hearing in that definition is that it's kind of like reserved for a select chosen few. Mm -hmm. I think like it, it may be different depending on industry. For example, a really talented singer with a certain kind of vocal cord makeup is just going to have a leg up over somebody who their vocal cord makeup isn't as good, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the sense of putting out content and just being who you are in public, I think in X factor, it's really the work is, I think that it's a limiting belief to say that so-and-so is just a clearer channel than I am. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's truly in the letting go. It's in the letting go of that as a belief and it's like when you have that belief that so-and-so is just a, a better channel, he, that person's just endowed with that divine gift that they're just, a, they have the X factor, they've got it, right? That you're actually cutting off your own perfect channel stream. And so it's about it, the work to do. It's, it's funny, I hesitate to even call it work. It can be work, but it's like, it's, it's in the letting go. It's, the, it's the completely just like, letting go that it needs to be any kind of thing. It's like kids, right? Like I would argue that every single child age up to age two, three or something is an X factor. Mm. Right? They've got the X factor. Mm. And at a certain point, that X factor is pulled from them or they give it away because for whatever reason, right? We kind of rob children of their X factor. They're, they're, we close off that stream by putting mm. our own stories about why we're not X factors into their heads. But it, it's, I think it's just, it's an innate human thing. Yeah. I bring back to what I shared earlier about the whole onion analogy, right? The, the uh, super consciousness, the ego itself, the personalities and the perception, right? Yeah. These yeah. are essentially in my mind, barnacles that's stopping you different layers that you added on because mm. something that you added on yourself or somebody else giving you this idea, and you just added on these layers of beliefs that ultimately stops you from accessing that you know pure consciousness that that infinite self that that we had talked about so i love that you bring in the idea of two three years old kids are have no layers there they just be who they are i think you're right totally so bring it back to your experience of interacting with these very talented individuals who have honed their craft in seeing and fighting and whatever, right? In, in, in as an as an actor, yeah. What have you observed as some of their practices, perhaps, to allow themselves to step out of the way of their uh, divine self? Yeah, yeah. The thing that strikes me as a consistent thing with with all of them is it's like they have. I have the experience of. It's like they know exactly who they are, mm -hmm. right? There's there's a there's a, a quote from a tribe in like Papua New Guinea that says that knowledge is only rumor until it lives in the muscle, mm. and their knowledge of who they are it's not something that they have to conjure up and like psych themselves up for or anything like that. They don't have to remind themselves of it here because it lives in just their embodiment of how they're being just. A good friend of mine that goes, he's a prominent 
lead singer for a big rock and roll band. Mm. Uh, it's captivating to watch him on stage. And he is the same person on stage as he is behind stage if we're hanging out at a party or something. Same exact, same exact dude. Mm. And it's just magnetic to watch him in person because he might tell you differently, right? He's like, oh, I've got all my doubts and everything just like everybody else. But what I see from him is just like he it's man again like it's coming back to this theme of just like it's just an allowance right he knows who he is and he's comfortable with who he is and he just allows himself to just to just express exact like it's i see him as like inner his inner child is out to play all the time mm. right so he has that clear stream he's not second guessing ideas of what to, what he wants to say he's just it's just he just lets it flow yeah I love that. Thanks for sharing that story. You're welcome. Because it brings back to the point that we've been making consistently in this uh, conversation that it's as effortless or as difficult as yeah. you, you make it to be. Right. You can make it effortless. Yes, of course, you're still going to experience waves of emotions and thoughts and mental images, body sensations, but the waves wash over you easier versus. Yeah. Like, oh my God, the waves are coming and yeah. I don't want it and it's so hard. Why why am I the the why me? walking at the street or whatever? Why are people spitting yeah. at whatever? <laughs> oh man. Beautiful. Yeah. I appreciate this. Anything else? What do you have going on these days that 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 inspires you? Yeah. The thing that I have going on the most that's most inspiring me at, to me at the moment is this TV show. We're in the process of developing this TV show. I don't want to let out, I don't want to let too much out of the bag, but I've gotten really involved in uh, in like in in men's work this year in the form of like what does it look like to be an honorable man in society today? And the the premise of the story has to it really centers around this father-son relationship. And I'm looking forward to what that looks like. It's an action, man. I really want to go into it, but I just I, it yeah, it's be, okay. Yeah, know. yeah. Let's let's leave that as a cliffhanger. Actually, let yeah. me ask you this question real quick: yeah. Is it easier to tell a nonfiction story, like someone live, and you try to tell their story, or is it easier to tell a fiction story where anything goes? Yeah, I think it's easier to tell a fictional story. Well, they I won't even say that it's easier. They have pros and cons, right? Mm -hmm. What's what's nice about a nonfiction story, if you're going to write, if you're making a biography, biopic on someone, mm. you don't have to invent story steps because it already happened. It's mm. the, the film wrote itself before you even got involved with it. Mm. Um, however, you sacrifice flexibility in where you you're telling a true, authentic story, how it went down. You have the story's already written, so it's easy, but you don't, you can't. Uh, there's only so many liberties you can take with pulling different. Man, you have to stick to the source material, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're, if you're telling a fictional story, it is a blank canvas. You can create it exactly how you see it, but with that blank canvas comes, it can be a little bit intimidating. There's a lot of, you yeah. Know, it's the analysis through analysis of yeah. what you, option do I take? Yeah. Do you bring anti-gravity boots from the future? Yeah. Do you right. make a dragon come out of the sky yeah. or the yeah. earth to shatter into two parts? It's uh, it's the paralysis of having way too many options. Yeah. Right. I, I, I like that. But you get the flexibility. 
Yeah, yeah, where anything goes. One thing that we didn't touch upon, upon is this. In my younger years, I didn't really care for stories so much because mm. I, I thought I'm a scientific person, just give me the facts. Yeah. But I, what I didn't know was I was in tune with biographical stories of famous scientists or engineers. Mm. I was very inspired by that. I just didn't see them as stories. I just saw them as facts, right? This person did this, this person did that. Yeah. And then as I get more and more in older in, in, in my life and is starting doing this podcast, I still didn't see myself as a storyteller. I just tell uh, like, hey, I'm interested in to know this person's life story. I'm just pulling the gems out of this person and said, yeah, that makes you a storyteller. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. So as a, a preamble to this question, in a day and age where more and more content are made every single day, it's becoming really challenging to stand out in the noise, right? And knowing that story is such uh, ingrained, it's in, it's in our brain. Human beings love stories. I see storytelling is one of the key ability to, for anything that you do, whether it be on the day-to-day -day trying to find a mate, as a, you need to be a good storyteller, whether it's you are starting a company, a purpose-driven organization, whether it be you starting a, a movement, right? A, the BLM movement, as an example, it requires storytelling. What do you what do you say to that? Yeah, I think story is story is everywhere. The power of story. When you initially just said a minute ago that when you were a kid you didn't you didn't like story, I think that it's maybe you were relating to it not as stories right but in an increasingly noisy world story story is like the beacon in the dark you know what i mean it's like everybody's just trying to shout their 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 prerogative there but a well-told story can change the can change the world and and it's it's a it's a noble pursuit to know your own story and know how to tell that story so that you can make leave your own impact in in our society and communities and families out there hmm that's a beautiful place to to set it so for anyone who's listening to this where should we send them to well my work is online at loganstone.com but if you are interested in learning more about storytelling well, you could find a, you can find a, there's a YouTube channel on that on that uh, website top right this little button. But I invite you to just Google the hero's journey, Google monomyth, and dive into diagnosing your own hero's journey and see what comes up. And shoot me a message if you have any questions or anything. Yeah, Logan's way, being way too humble here. He has a really interesting five-minute story challenge on YouTube where he tells compelling stories based on randomly generated elements of a story. So if storytelling is something that you want to hone as a skill, I would recommend that you go to Logan's site. I will provide the links where he will give you random elements of a story and you practice telling a story based on those five elements, right? And in my mind, Everything can be learned. That's one of my core beliefs. And if this is something that you want to hone as a skill, storytelling, definitely check out Logan's uh, story generator. Awesome. Thank you. Very good, my friend. Thank you so much for your time. Let's uh, do you. this again very soon. Let's do it.